Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is the wonderful Stu Whiffin. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm glad that we've got this episode rolling. It took us about <laughs> 10 minutes of messing around just to get the intro right. Year and a half's worth of doing this and we're still struggling just to get it's, the uh It's because we're doing things correct. differently now. We're throwing in this whole like trying to put it on YouTube thing and all of that, which we never used to do with these. So, you know, let's, we're a bit let's talk about that briefly. Because that was something that's been a real surprise, hasn't it? Like we set out for this to be, you know, predominantly a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we've doing things remotely on Zoom and, and things like that. You get the bonus of getting your video if you want to record it. And obviously we've had some amazing chats with some incredible guests. And if you're new to the show, go check out that back catalogue. Um, and so we started just putting them up on YouTube. And then it was only just I sort of stumbled across it. I was like, we've got quite a lot of subscribers over here. And, and it turns out lots of people like to watch their MMA podcasts. So we're pushing yeah. it now. Yeah, we're going to do. We're going to try and see see what happens. So yeah, if you are someone that's listening to this podcast and you like to watch the podcast, then uh, then check us out on YouTube, uh, the MMA Fan Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, so check that out, and you'll see our gorgeous faces uh, while we talk to you. Um, and we've got all obviously all our back catalogue of interviews on there as well. If you want to hear us or see us talking mm-hmm. to the likes of. Dan Hardy, Michael Bisping, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tyron Woodley, Mark Goddard, the Cage Warriors alumni, Paddy Pimlet, Molly McCann, uh, Arnold Allen. God, the list Jack goes Shaw. on and on. Jack Shaw, Nathaniel Wood, uh, and you know everyone else as well that we've spoken to. There's so many fighters that we've spoken to. Angela Hill, Derek Brunson, they're all there. So, uh, so yeah, go and check that out if you want to see us talking to those people, having some really good chats. And some of them are really, really, really mm. good chats. Um, Dan but, Hooker. We had a chat Dan, with Hooker. Dan Hooker. And he's fighting yeah. on this card. We've we'll had Dan Hooker on the show. Um, so, yeah. Let's, let's crack on. There's a lot to talk about with UFC 281, and that's why you're here. Um, we need to start at the top. I think this is a really, really stacked card. There's a lot of really interesting storylines going through this card. Mm. And... One of the biggest storylines with the main event is something that I want to touch on. And it is, obviously, 
Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira for the middleweight strap. And the big narrative and talking point going into this fight is that Pereira's not only beaten Adesanya twice in kickboxing uh, fights, but he also, in their last fight, knocked Adesanya out cold. And a lot of people have sort of clung on to that as a, well, that's what's going to happen in this fight. Like, yep. Pereira is going to smash Adesanya because he knocked him out in the last fight, and that's going to be really difficult to, uh, for Adesanya to get over mentally and all that stuff. I went and I watched that fight. The knockout is only half of the story because in the lead up to that knockout, if you haven't seen that fight, in round two, Israel Adesanya is really putting it on uh, Pereira and the fight is kind of paused for a, a, a standing eight count. And it's like, well, if that's MMA, there's no standing eight count. Adesanya will just... Beat him and and, and when the job's done. So if that was an MMA fight, Adesanya wins that fight, in my opinion, because Pereira didn't look like he was surviving that. It looked like he was getting done. The ref stops it for for an eight count and then the fight reconvenes. And I think they came out in the third round and it was early in the third round where Adesanya probably thinks, I've got you now, maybe drops his guard a little bit and Pereira lands a crushing left hook on him that does just spark him out cold. And obviously there's going to be mental... um, uh, games being played and, and there's, there's going to be um, questions about whether Adesanya can get over that mentally, how he's going to be looking at the guy across the octagon from him that was the last person to knock him out. They are questions that will be answered and uh, I suppose question marks over Adesanya in general. But you cannot negate the fact that when you're Adesanya and you're saying, well, yeah, but if that was an MMA fight, I had already beaten him. The knockout doesn't happen. So I think he actually can overcome those questions and that, that kind of like seed of doubt that, that could be in your brain if you have someone that's been knocked out by the person you're, you're now fighting. Because he would have won that fight in, in, in MMA, in, in my opinion, because the ref doesn't stop it for an eight count. Adesanya just beats him and, and he wins. Is that something that's in Pereira's head? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the narrative, just to be clear, anyone that's telling you about, yeah, but Pereira knocked him out last time, Ask them if they've watched that fight. Because if they haven't watched that fight, that will probably just be a highlight reel that they've seen. Actually watch the fight. And up until that point, I'd say Adesanya's winning the fight. And as I said, there's a standing eight count at one point where you think, if that's MMA, Adesanya wins. So have you been kind of swayed at all by the the narrative coming out about the KO from Pereira? And have you watched any of the kickboxing bouts? Uh, I've only seen the highlight reel. Um... But one of the things that I think is important when we talk about the narrative of this, like if it wasn't for that happening, then this fight wouldn't be taking place. Pereira would not be fighting for a belt. God because no. it, it, we have seen him fast track ridiculously. Um, for some stupid reason, Sean Strickland took that fight. No idea why. Uh, and, well, it's not even and, taking the fight. It's like the game plan in the fight. What? Yeah. This guy is like a light. There was a picture of Pereira stood next to Dominic Reyes a few months back and Pereira looked bigger than him. And Pereira's yeah. fighting a middleweight and Dom Reyes is 205. Strickland yeah. used to fight a welterweight, for goodness sake, mm. I think. Why on earth he went into that fight to go, I'm going to take on this guy that's probably in the cage like almost a stone heavier than me. And 
I'm going to just just kickbox him, which is what he's known as being like one of the best in the world yeah. at. That it was the no dumbest sense. game plan I've ever seen. That, that no really sense. wasn't a good plan. Strickland should have been shooting for takedowns and doing that stuff. But Strickland is not Adesanya. Adesanya yeah. is up there with Pereira in terms of elite level kickboxing. But go on, what were you going to say? Uh, and, and yeah, I, I do think that that fight has happened purely because of that backstory. You know, the, the yeah. UFC have got hold of it and it's exciting, isn't it? It's like, is he's, you know... Who's going to beat Izzy? Like, well, look, this guy's this guy's knocked him out, and it's like there's beef there, and the, and because I'm a big fan of uh, Adesanya, but I do think he's not had that many exciting fights for a while, and they've True. they've not been that great, and it's like this has the makings of being a you know hopefully uh, a really exciting like K one fight. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm all over it. Um, it's just whether or not it turns into one of those kind of like slow-paced, striking chess matches. Whether you know, but I, I don't think that I actually believe that this could be a really exciting fight because I think Pereira is going to put him, put it on him, and put it on him early, and not be massively afraid of of Adesanya. I mean, obviously he's going to respect him, but I actually think round one might be a bit just like feel it out. I don't know, but but then you look at the, the kickboxing bouts. And Pereira is straight after him, and he's going at him really, really quickly. So I, I wonder if we might see one of the most exciting Adesanya fights we've seen in a while. I'm I hoping, so. anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we all know what he can do, and there's there's a reason why we all love him. And it's just unfortunately we've not really seen that side of him in the last few few fights. But I want to touch on something. You say that he's going to, you think Pereira's going to put it on him early. There was some footage. Um, that that was doing the rounds on 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 the internet about uh, of of Dan Hooker and Izzy uh, obviously <laughs> training together, uh, and it was really weird at first. I, I kind of scrolled past it and I saw Dan Hooker like on Izzy's back. Izzy sort of cradled up like on his knees, and and Dan Hooker throwing big bombs. Yeah, like you know, in, you know, under his arms and 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 catching him, you know, in, like with big strikes to the head. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, if these two like had a, it's gone a bit too far in training. <laughs> and then when I watched the, 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 the sort of the full bit of the clip, it shows Izzy sort of walking away and then sort of going down onto his knees and covering up, to which I presume that this is a drill, uh, a, a training drill for should he get hit by Pereira and put down. Mm. What do you do? And like, because what all you see is Hooker like pile on him and start throwing bombs, and obviously he weathers the storm. Uh, so I don't know. What, do you, what did you make of that? Because I know I, we said on our little group. Yeah, I don't think it's Pereira specific because I think I've seen that before, or, or or them do that before. So I think this is just a city kickboxing training regime <laughs> where Fuck they just you know, like man, that's <laughs> a bad <laughs> thing to do a week before a fight, man. That's that- like... But, I mean, who knows if it was a week before or if it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, like, you yeah, don't know yeah. that. It could have been quite a while. I don't think it would have been a week before the fight. I think it probably would have been quite a while ago. But I think it's just that thing of, like, getting you used to that adversity and and uh, and taking those blows whilst being down there, protecting yourself whilst getting up uh, and dealing with that. Because, yeah, I guess you, you have to simulate those kind of things in training to be able to deal with it during the fight, I guess. Uh and I, I, part of me, after talking to Dan, thinks that Dan really enjoys that. <laughs> I think yeah, Dan, the guy's a crazy man. Yeah, hundred like percent. Yeah. He's a he savage. L- loves just <laughs> smashing people full pelt in the face in that position. 
and have another. And laugh it would appear he he is the prankster at City kickboxing by the sounds of things. It sounds like he is the guy that so. likes like, yeah. winding people up. Um, just uh, on a little side note, have you seen any footage of Pereira sister? No, where's this? I don't going? mean that in any other way. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> fighting. No, like, I don't know. No, un- I didn't know she fought. No, unbelievable. Really? Exactly the same style. There's there's footage of them on like side by side on bags, drilling the same drills. Oh, you really? Can watch Pereira's sister starching fighters. It's like oh, it's is she like very... a K one fighter as well? Then or is she, she in, in MMA Bellator? now? Is she in Bellator? Is she in or one? I think I think it's Bellator. Uh, yeah, right. dangerous man. All oh, right, interesting. Uh, what weight would she be at then? Oh, I'm not too sure, bud. Because I mean, uh, if she uh, takes after her brother at all, she's probably like 155 or something like that. Or like she, she'd be big, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't but, know. Uh, looked, looked ferocious, like. Um, but I don't want to say too much because I've not done my prep on, on Pereira's sister. Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> you've not done your research. Um, <laughs> no, but um... so how do? You, is it, so you think Pereira's coming out early and he's just going to put it on easy? But well, we got I, five don't, I don't know. We've got five rounds. That's another thing. I, I, the like, minute I try and hold you to something, all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 no. no, but no. no I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this is a really interesting one. One question I had for you is, is someone shooting for a takedown in this fight? If anyone is, he's going to, right? I, I think it would be a really clever idea to do it. I think just because Pereira has shown weakness in terms of like, being taken down. That's the other thing. I thought it would sort of be weird if Pereira became the champ because I actually think there's quite a few people in the division that could beat him because Bobby Knuckles, mate, I want to see Bobby Knuckles. Well, I mean, even like, um, but even like I really strongly like give a chance to like a Marvin Vittori because Marvin Vittori can really take a punch. And if he can just wade through those punches, he will get a takedown on Pereira. Pereira's takedown defense isn't brilliant. And he can just get takedowns and do that. Stuff. And I think there's people that Adesanya's takedown defense is so good, which is why the Vittori's, the Brunson's, even Whitaker, and they've really, really struggled against it because he's striking so elite, but you can't take him down very easily either. Pereira is easily taken down. This is the thing though, isn't it? It's like, if Izzy wins this, the division... We still got Whitaker that's second best, and and we've got a division that that you're not going to see a lot of movement within it if if Izzy sort of make, make, uh, retains the belt. If Pereira then gets the strap, it throws it all open, and I think yeah. it makes the the, uh, the middleweight division super exciting. Uh, and so for that, I'd quite like to see Pereira get the win just so it shakes it up a bit. But, but will it shake it up, or will it just be an immediate rematch? I imagine, obviously, with you know, is his record, he's going to get the immediate rematch. It'd be an immediate rematch, yeah. So I, I don't know if it really shakes it up that much. I, 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 I sort of think the most ideal thing would be something like, is he winning and then going? Do you know what? I've cleared out my division. Let me go away for a year, put on some muscle, and go up to two hundred five. That's that's what I'd like to see. Is he do? I think, but. If Pereira wins, then yeah, you probably do an immediate rematch. We'll see what happens there. And yeah, if if Pereira shows himself to be like the number one guy, the champ, uh, then he's got to fight a Robert Whitaker. And I always want to see Robert Whitaker get a title shot because I, I think he's a great guy, phenomenal fighter. I think the other thing is, what if Hamzat goes up in weight? 
because uh, you know I think Hamzat is going to stick with 170. Dana says he wants him to to fight Colby. Uh, but if Hamzat struggles with the scales again, he's got to go up to 185. And that's probably the most dangerous guy for someone like Israel Adesanya. Is someone who is really brilliant at, at taking you down. He's a mauler. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that could be interesting. But I think, I think it would be a really good idea for Izzy to just, just see if he can slip in a takedown attempt within the first three minutes of the fight. And just go, there you go, you've got something else to think about now. And if he can get him down, that will really scare Pereira. The only thing is, obviously, Izzy's takedown defense is brilliant. But whether his offensive wrestling is any good or not, we've never really seen it. Will he do a sloppy takedown? And we all know that Pereira trains daily with Glover Teixeira, who is, you know, a great jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, could Pereira have, like, a nasty guillotine with someone taking him down, something like that? that someone who's not an amazing offensive wrestler could be susceptible to. There's other things to consider there. So it's maybe a slightly dangerous game for Izzy to play. But I think Pereira is way more susceptible to a takedown than Izzy is. And therefore, throw one in. Just see. Because then he's got to worry about you on two levels. He's got to worry about a potential takedown where he can't get his game plan off. And the fact that you are still one of the best kickboxers on the planet. And he's got yeah. to worry about that as well. So I think it'd be an interesting thing if he did throw in a takedown, but we'll have to see what happens. It's got all the makings of a, a, of a super exciting fight because you can't like you can't really call it. You know, when when we get onto the next fight, I, I think both of us will probably have quite you know firm firm ideas as to how that may go. Yeah, but. Um, I do think it's the, the, the wild card. Prayer is the wild card here, and he's he's been given a shot on the strength of that, the backstory and the history of of, of, of the pair of them. Uh, and that, don't get me wrong, there's people that are probably uh, ahead of him in, in, in title contention, but sometimes it, I'm on board with it, sometimes I'm not, that the UFC make the fights happen that the fans want, not necessarily the, mm-hmm. the, the fights that are deserved. Yes. With this one, I'm all over it. Like, yeah. I want I want to see it happen, uh, and if and if we do get a really high level kickboxing match, K one whatever you want to you know make of it, I, I think it'll be excellent. You're going to see two. You're going to see such high level striking. Uh, yep. Izzy's phenomenal to watch. You know when he's on point, even on a bad day. You know he's 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 Floyd Mayweather. He's so masterful and and, yep. and just impressive. And I think you know it. <laughs> I'm hyped for this. I really am. And uh, and if Pereira wins, I'm not sad about it. You know, yeah. I, I I think it, it. You know, further down the lines, you know, if it does, you know, if if there is a rematch and he takes it again, then I think it does shake things up a little bit. But uh, if Izzy wins, then I, I sort of agree with you. It's time to kind of look at, at stacking on a, a bit of timber and, and moving up because I don't think there's a lot left uh, at middleweight for him now. And uh, and no. you know. If, if so, he beats uh, Pereira, the biggest test to Israel Adesanya is if Hamzat comes up. That yeah. like, There's no one else in that division. You could maybe make a case for Andre Muniz, but that won't be for a while. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's a real big test for Adesanya in that middleweight division unless Hamzat makes his way up there. Uh, yeah, I agree. Okay. Esparza, Zhang Wei No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who are you picking? Oh, Izzy. I'm picking Izzy. All right. Are you picking Pereira? 
I've got to now. Yeah. Yeah, um, got it. All right, I'm Izzy, yeah, you're Pereira. Right. Pereira, third round. Do do we have to pick opposites in every fight? Because if we do, I want to pick first in the next fight. <laughs> no, but I think because we can't really call this one. Because yeah, no it is, fair. You know, it is a, so I'm, I'm going to go with Pereira. I'm staying uh, loyal to my boy. Come on, Izzy. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, look, if you want to climb out of Izzy's ass, we'll, we'll move on <laughs> to the next fight. <laughs> All right, then. Well, Esparza versus Zhang Weili. Um, now, look, do you know what? We, we've made a couple of little jokes that are alluding to the fact that we are pretty confident Zhang Weili wins this fight. And I, you know, that's, that's fair enough, like, tr- in terms of it being true, I think. I feel like we don't want to disrespect Carla Esparza. I know that the last fight left a really bad taste in everyone's mouth because it was the worst title fight ever. And she's not only won the worst title fight ever, but she won it against Rose, who is kind of like a darling of MMA. Everyone loves Rose. Um, So a lot of people haven't got a lot of time for Carla Esparza, but she is very, very good. Two-time champ. Two-time champ phenomenal wrestling. Um, you look down her resume, she has beaten a lot of big, big names. You know, look at what she did to Yan Janan only recently. She got a lot in like a crucifix and actually got the finish then. Beat um, Rose twice. Beat Rose twice. I mean, she's, I mean, she's got a win over Marina Rodriguez. We mentioned in our previous episode, uh, which was about the, the cage warriors and, and the Marina Rodriguez versus uh, Lamos card that happened this Saturday. If you haven't listened to that episode after this, Go and listen to that episode. We talk everything Cage Warriors and uh, and the UFC this weekend and a little bit Arnold Allen as well. Uh, so we've already spoken about, about Marina in that sense. But she's got a win over Marina, even though I thought Marina did win that fight. But, you know, she has some very good wins she, on her resume. And she is a very good fighter, particularly has phenomenal wrestling. She has. But yeah. the one thing that I think lingers at the forefront of everybody's mind when you think about Carla Esparza is Joanna with a high-level striking. Yes. Putting down one of the most horrific wins yeah. in UFC history. Like, I've never seen anybody look so outclassed, outstruck, and like have no ideas, no answers. And Joanna, probably uh, near her peak at that point, like uh, just absolutely destroyed her, you yeah. know, on on Carla's first defense of the the strap. Um, for me, Zhang has that level of striking. If she does not better. Um, I don't. I don't know about better from, than what Joanna was then. Obviously, maybe, Zhang maybe. beat Joanna recently. First person, I think, to knock her out. That spinning attack was phenomenal. But but Joanna then was just something she wasn't human terrifying she was absolutely terrifying, terrifying. when um, she'd go for them stare downs and drop down oh, and look up i used to think oh the, fucking oh that's terrifying that is absolutely terrifying and her performances were incredible yeah. Zhang is brilliant though and the improvements that she's made are so good and she's been training obviously with henry cejudo previously and all that her wrestling has definitely improved is her takedown defense as good as what say prime Joanna Jacek was. I don't know. We will probably find out Saturday because Carla will chain takedowns. She will be relentless on her takedown. She'll miss the first one, go for the second one, miss the second one, go for the third one. And she'll chain them all together. She'll just be running around at their ankles, desperate, 
to get this fight to the ground. That's she's so kind of dogged in her approach to her her wrestling and her takedowns, and she's relentless. But as you pointed out, Zhang, if Zhang can keep it on the feet, which I think she can, given the improvements that she's made in her wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Her striking is so good. And I, I really can see this being a, a really bad night for, for Carla. Like, what, again, one of those moments where you go, Jesus Christ, that was a, a bad KO. Or that ref, please stop this fight now type situation. Because Zhang's just really got a lot of power and technically very good with her striking. I mean, you could make a case that she won that second fight against Rose that she lost by, I think, a split decision, but it was a very, very close fight. Zhang is up there as one of the top women, probably pound for pound in the world. Um, so, yeah, this is this is going to be an interesting one, but if Zhang keeps it on the feet, this is going to be a terrible night for Carla. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I lost you there for a little bit. The uh, the internet went a bit wonky there. Um, so I, I missed a little bit of what you said there. Um, but I, I, I'm going to say this. I think Zhang is the best strawweight uh, in the world at the moment. I think she's uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, recently, like only last week, see her uh, literally pick up Francis Ngannou. And knowing you think that, that's some serious strength. And... and and I don't want to discredit Carla too much because uh, her wrestling is is very very good, and you know, and I hope we don't just see a load of constant takedown, you know, uh, 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 sort of chances to try and get that the, the takedown in, uh, and Zhang just moving away, and and it just kind of nullifying the fight a little bit. Um, it, it sort of echoes of, of, of uh, the, the the Paul Craig London show where he was just trying to get that that takedown and then laying there and waiting to sort of... I, I don't want anything like that. I, I, for me, I just think Zhang will will catch her and then I think yeah. that'll be it. And I think she'll just tee off and uh, and, and, and do a real number uh, on, on Esparza. I think it could uh, and, be an early stoppage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then... It, if that's the case, it's like, I mean, well, I guess we'll touch on that on the post fight, actually, because I don't want to start writing off Carla Esparza's uh, career, just going, well, what's next for her? Uh, because she's currently the champ and we should respect that. Um, and I tell you think- what, she's got, a, I think we're not the only people saying it. I think there's a lot of people kind of maybe unfairly discrediting Carla Esparza. I mean, she is on a good run. She She is a very, very good fighter. I just think Zhang's that level above, but... You know, she's got a very good opportunity to make a lot of people look stupid, including us. Uh, not that yep. we need much help in that. But, uh, you know. It's quite an easy thing to do. Yeah, man. it is. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so, yeah, uh, she can show you... a lot of people out and it'll be motivation. She'll be hearing stuff like this, not to necessarily our specific chat, but other people out there will be saying Zhang is yep. by far the favourite in this fight and it could be a bad night for Carla. She's got a good chance to shut everyone up. And if she wins, if she does beat Carla Espar, uh, if she does beat Zhang Weili, sorry, then that's it then. She is number one strawweight in the world without a shadow of a doubt. She's got two wins over Rose, one over Zhang Weili, and she starts becoming the favorites in fights. Because if you look at the betting lines right now, she's a massive underdog in this. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, have you heard anything from, uh, I'm not suggesting there have been, uh, the, you know, uh, Pat Barry's been ringing you up, but have you heard anything <laughs> from, from Rose? Because it all seems to be very quiet. Um, no, I've not I heard. I know she's few... not a big, big public talker anyway on on the socials and such, is she? Maybe she's waiting to see what happens in this fight because there was talk of her going up to one twenty five, but she's meant to be very good friends with Valentina Shevchenko. So there was talk about her going up to one twenty five, which makes sense. It's achieving something new, a new goal. Like, well, she, she's already a two time strawweight champion. Um, mm-hmm. She can go and be a third, uh, three-time strawweight champion, or she can go. I want to be a two-time strawweight champion and uh, technically a, a, a two-weight world champion as well by going up to one twenty-five. But getting past Valentina is going to be tricky for anyone. Um, I think she might be waiting to see what happens here because if Carla wins, Rose maybe does go up in weight because have a new challenge, try something new. But if Dana White is not going to remake that fight for a long time. Yeah, I'll get, that fight's never happening again. They will never rebook Rose versus Carla. So if Carla wins, go up to 125, have one or two fights up there, see how your body feels with it, maybe challenge Valentina or hope that Valentina sort of goes up to 135 or does something like that and you, you can do something at 125. If, uh, if Zhang wins, then you've got two wins over the current champ and that makes perfect sense for you to want to stay at 115 and say, hey, She's not better than me. I've beat her twice, and I'll prove it again. Um, so, yeah. So that. So I. I think I wouldn't be surprised if she's waiting to see what happens with this fight. Yeah, figures, figures. But hi, Pat, uh, and I look forward to your call. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the the next fight. I mean, oh. this is surely just going to be fireworks from the moment it starts. This is surely people's main event type stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. I do have a slight annoyance with the fight, and maybe this is me being oh, a bit of a I know a bit of a Scrooge McDuck. But um, I so look on paper, this fight's phenomenal. 
it, it'll be people's main event. It could be it's probably a shoe in for fight of the night. What an amazing fight we're going to get! I've got I've got to stop you for two secs before we move on to this fight. Who you calling? Ah, oh. Carla or Zhang? <laughs> Do we need to say it? I want to hear it. Zhang Wei Li, obviously. When? Oh, I. She gets a stoppage inside three rounds. Yeah. First round stoppage, Shang. You go first. Oh, he's ballsy. Yeah. God, he's off the fence these <laughs> days, isn't he? I just want to get these these, yeah. these here because I want to nick these little little oh, clips. Right. Just I want to nick uh, these little bit. When, when, when you yeah. get it wrong, I can put it out on the socials. Uh, <laughs> right. right, go on. Yeah, what, what's your annoyance with okay. uh, so as I was saying, Poirier. fight of the night, phenomenal. They're probably going to go to war with each other for a full three rounds. This is going to be kind of magic MMA stuff. It's going to deliver what Michael Chandler has been delivering for his whole UFC run. These kind of amazing fan friendly fights. However, what I don't want to see at the end of this fight is people going, the winner gets a title shot because they don't deserve it over Benil Dariush. We've got Volkanovski going for the belt next. That's what's happening. Apparently, Islam is to and fro in about whether it's in Perth, even though he said it would be in Australia in his post-fight uh, chat in the cage. Now it's like, oh, maybe I'll do it in Vegas or something like that. Who knows? So I don't know what's going on there. But that should be happening. I think the Perth card is maybe February. That fight should be happening in February. Then you've got Benil Dariush. It has to be Benil Dariush. So if Poirier wins this fight or Chandler wins this fight and then they leapfrog Benil Dariush, that's wrong. It can't happen. But the problem is they're much, much bigger names. And, they're... and they call it. They'll, both of them, if they win, will be like, give me the fucking shot. And they'll be fucking screaming it. They'll be doing all the stuff that the media wants. And it will go viral. Everyone like saying, fucking give me the strap, blah, blah, blah. Benil Dariush. I'll just fight whoever they tell me to fight. You know? I'll fight 10 like, more people. I'll... Like, no, no Benil. Dude. Benny, Call your shot. <laughs> it's so annoying because I because he's he seems like a really great guy and yeah. he's he's a phenomenal fighter and I feel like on paper he is the biggest threat to Islam Makachev. I'm not saying he beats Islam Makachev, but he's the biggest threat to Islam Makachev. Blake, we Vol- called it. We called yeah. it fucking eighteen months ago, saying that's the fight. That's, that's the, the fight, fight that needs to happen. That puts him in title contention. That gives him the title, Makachev the title shot. I mean, we got it wrong. He got the title shot, and he fucking destroyed him. But um, but yeah, that like Benil Dariush is the fight in that division. It's not the most sellable fight. It's not the most sexy fight. Like, but. It's nowhere near as, as 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 sexy as a Poirier or a Chandler fight because they're big names and the casuals love them because they bang. Mm-hmm. And like, whereas I think a hundred percent, whoever wins that will call for that strap. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the thing is, I say they're bigger names. Then I understand why Islam would maybe go. Oh, I'll take that. I'd rather fight Chandler or or or, or Poirier because exactly it's the it's the money. They're bigger money fights. But Dariush deserves it. Dariush should be getting the shot. The only thing I would maybe go, okay, fair enough, is if Volkanovski is fighting Makachev in Perth, then maybe the winner of that fight, likely to be Makachev in my opinion at the moment because of size, but I, I always want to root for Volk as well. But the likelihood is the belt won't be defended again for another like six months. So you're looking at August of next year. 
being the earliest that Dariush potentially gets a title shot. It would maybe make sense to go the winner of Poirier Chandler fights Benil Dariush in March or something like that. You can do you can headline a fight night, you can make it a co-main or featured uh fight on 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 a pay-per-view, but let's let's do something like that. Let's 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 do Dariush versus Poirier or Chandler. That is the absolute number one contender fight. And then Islam or Volk takes them on in, you know, August, September, whenever it might be. That's that's what I think, you know, is, is the only thing I would go, okay, that's fine. But if Poirier or Chandler leapfrog Dariush, I'll be really disappointed with that. I think the UFC shouldn't allow that to happen. Um, Do you think out of the three of them that, that Dariush is the one that, that has got more chance of taking that strap off of Makachev than, than Chandler and Poirier? If, if I were to line them up right now, uh, firstly, Makachev's the favourite in all three fights. Mm. But I would say the toughest opponent is Benil. Then it's Michael mm. Chandler. Then it's Dustin Poirier. Even if Poirier beats Chandler, Chandler is still a tougher fight for Makachev because of Chandler's wrestling credentials. That's why he's a tougher fight for Makachev than Poirier. Poirier, I don't think, is a tough fight for, for Makachev. I, re- I really don't see where Poirier troubles Makachev. Chandler's got great defensive wrestling and does hit hard, so he might be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Um, okay. Dariush So you've the lined one. them up. You've lined them up. Poirier, Chandler, and Dariush. Yeah, Dariush being the, the, right. the most effective okay. challenge for Makachev. All right. Snog, marry, avoid. <laughs> well, I'd marry Chandler all day long. Look at him. Oh, really? Oh, well, the, look at the the back and forth we had when I, I asked him that question oh, at the UFC yeah. press conference. I forgot you got well, your little fucking oh, bond. Oh, yeah, and then he mentioned it on social media. So obviously, me and me and Chandler are already basically married, mate. Um, right. So uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, so so that means you're gonna who are you gonna avoid? I'll have to think about it. I'll think about um, you know. They're both they're both gorgeous men, ben, mm. Benny and Poirier. They're both gorgeous men yeah. in different ways. Um, but anyway, going back to the fight, Stu Whiffin, uh, unless you want to give your answer to Snog, Marry, Avoid, uh, please do comment on our social media. Snog, Marry, Avoid, Poirier, Dariush and Chandler. There you go. Let us know. Let, Let us, us know. know. The burning MMA. And I'll tell you what, anybody that ever says I'll never get off the fence, fuck me, you fucking sat on a fence there, Blake Harrison, and refused to comment on who you'd have a little kiss with. (laughs) Well, I want them both on the show, so I can't, you know, I can't avoid any of them. Um, Okay. But uh, back to the actual fight. I mean, how do you see the Poirier Chandler fight actually going? I think it's just going to. I think it would just be a fucking absolute barnstormer of a yep. bar fight in the first round. I think it's just going to be both of them are going to not take a backward step and they're both going to try and assert themselves as the the big alpha male hand thrower. Uh, they've both got big knockout power. They've both got great hands. Um, I don't... I, do you know what? The more I think about it, I it could go either way. Easily, you know, yep. and and I think again, it's what makes it as we we spoke about with Izzy and, and Pereira. That's what makes it super exciting, you know. It's just going to be a. I, I'm a little bit disappointed that we, even if it would, probably wouldn't have gone five rounds anyway. Had this been a five round fight, um, I really want to go on. I think I think Poirier 
his experience a little bit. I mean, looking at their records, there's not huge amounts in it. Um, I think Poirier maybe has had to dig a little bit deeper in some like longer fights where he might have a little bit more experience of knowing when to kind of pull back and and, and when to to let go. But I I, I mm, but then. He's so fucking exciting, Michael Chandler. Do you know what I mean? He'll get yeah. fucking plonked on his ass, then he's up, and then he's knocking you out. It's like I'm all over it, but I think Poirier might edge it. I think Poirier is the better striker, technically way better, really good boxing. And he said in his kind of like that countdown series thing that UFC does that he's going to play the Matador, so he's not necessarily going to come out all action, all swinging. But I think he's going to really put hands on Chandler and be slipping punches and trying to show off some superior boxing, which he definitely has. He is the way better striker. Does Chandler hit harder? I think he probably does, but he's got to land that strike on a guy that I think will be able to outmaneuver him a little bit. The one thing that we don't see enough with Chandler in the UFC, which he's got in his back pocket if he ever decides to use it, is the wrestling. He doesn't wrestle anywhere near as much as he actually should. And if he throws in... Again, a bit like I said with Izzy at the at the start of this um, episode, but with uh, with Chandler, you've actually got some real credentialed, fantastic wrestling there. Um, I think if he can throw in a takedown attempt early, it just gives Poirier something else to worry about. And then you've always got that weapon. When you've got these short, powerful wrestlers, you've always got that weapon of like, I've taken you down once or I've shot for a takedown once. You're now wary of that. So now I'm going to fake the takedown. I'll come up with that massive overhand right, which Chandler's got and Dan Hooker knows all about. And uh, I think that would be a really smart thing for him to do, to just bring some of the wrestling back. But as Mark Chandler said when he joined up with the USC, he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. And I think he's got a case for be having the most exciting start to a UFC career of any fighter ever. I mean, knocking out Dan Hooker in the first round, then having an incredible fight with Charles Oliveira, which he lost when he looked like he was going to win that fight in the first round. Then he's got the Justin Gaethje fight. He, again, he lost, but back and forth, phenomenal fight. Gaethje, I think, was always sort of winning it, but it was a phenomenal fight. And then he's got that ridiculous front kick KO over Tony Ferguson. I mean, name me a fighter that's had a more exciting you know start what? to his UFC career than Michael Chandler. Uh, that's had that fewer fights in the UFC and had that many losses, but people still thinks one of the best fighters in the UFC to watch. Yeah. It's, Do you know it, what I he mean? Is, he is a yeah. phenomenal fighter to watch. So, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I'd like to see Chandler implement a bit of wrestling, but maybe that's just not where he wants to be in his UFC career. He wants to be the fun brawler guy. Um, the other thing I'm interested in is where is Dustin Poirier's head at? What we've seen from Dustin Poirier is... He had the rematch with Connor, beat him, earned a huge payday. Then he had the trilogy fight with Connor, earned probably an even bigger payday. Connor breaks his leg. It looked like Poirier was probably on his way to winning that fight, but you never know. Um, and then he fights for the title for the second time and loses for the second time. So he's sitting on a huge bag of cash and he's lost two title fights now. Has he still got the motivation? to really put something together and go for a title again. 
I don't think you agree to fight Michael Chandler if you've got any doubts in your head that you want to cement a legacy in this sport. You do not just go, oh, do you know what? But is he not just the biggest name that he can fight that's probably a winnable fight? Like, who, who's a bigger name than Michael Chandler for Dustin Poirier right now? No, it's a perfect fight. That's but why that's it's what, happening. But that's what I'm saying. Like who, who else does he fight? Does he go up to welterweight? He wanted the Nate Diaz fight. That didn't happen. So who's left? Who does he fight? At, well, if he goes up to welterweight, who does he fight that he's actually got a good chance of winning and he's a huge name? Masvidal's his mate, so I don't think he's going to do that. He's not going to touch Chimaev, is he? Of course right. not. He's not going to go anywhere near Chimaev. Colby offered him out, but... I I think that's a bad matchup for Poirier. Maybe he knows that. Again, size matters in MMA, especially when you're dealing with someone that's going to try and grapple the hell out of you like a Colby Covington would. So that's a bad fight for him. Who's a good fight for him up at welterweight? I don't think there's many that are like a great name and very winnable. Chandler is the only fight he could take until... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code program. Connor comes back from injury. It's interesting. I saw an interview with uh, Poirier, and he said to this day, he said, like, nobody's hits as hard as Conor McGregor. He was saying how hard Conor McGregor hits. Really? Um, I mean, he ain't been hit by Michael Chandler yet. Um, No. Maybe that might, you know, adjust the scales. But, um, yeah, I mean, to... I don't know. I, I think Dustin Poirier is an incredible, incredible fighter. Uh, and, and I think this is a, just a really fun fight. Um, I'm all over it. Uh, I think Poirier's experience and and uh, and, and durability, uh, I, I think, is going to get him a, a win in this fight. Yep, I, I'd agree. I'm, I'm going to go Poirier by decision. Yeah. Are you going the same thing? Yeah, there you go, Poirier by decision. Where should we go next? Because there's a few fights we could go to. Dan Hooker's on the card. Uh, Frankie Edgar's looking at a retirement fight, I think, against Chris Gutierrez. We can touch but we've on got all of Molly them, McCann. Let's go to Liverpool because we've got go a, a lot to say about this one. Um, see her at the, you see her at the weekend, right? I saw her at the weekend. She was looking in, in great spirits. She looked, she looked 
fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, do we ever see Molly McCann not in great spirits? No, no, you don't really. Um, <laughs> but she's a week away from, or was at the time, from probably the biggest fight of her career. Erin Blanchfield, I'll have to pull up Erin's record, but I think she's on quite a tear in the UFC at the moment. She's also very, very young um, and is tipped to be a title contender at uh, at 125 pounds. She's on, I think, only a three-fight UFC win streak, but she's only been in the UFC for three fights. So she's won every fight in the UFC. JJ Aldridge and particularly the Miranda Maverick fight, I think, were very eye-opening. Erin Blanchfield has very good striking and grappling. She's good everywhere. Um, Six-inch reach advantage over Molly. I mean, Molly's used to that, though. She's fought a few people with very long... Didn't she fight the person with the biggest... She said there was the biggest like reach discrepancy of like 10 inches yeah. or something like that, which she had a fight against... Like, Mr. Tickle, so, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Tickle. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that Molly's used to that. That won't, that won't bother Molly. Molly, what what I feel Molly has to do is really take the reins of what this fight is early. She needs to keep it on the feet because Erin's grappling is very, very good. And she needs to get inside and make it a real dogfight because Erin's got some really crisp striking. Like she's technically very, very good. But if Molly can get in her face and make it a brawl, I think Molly can do it. I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Erin's really young. She's only, I think, she's only 10 fights into her MMA career. She's 23 years old. It's only a full old. fight in the UFC. Oh, yeah. She's got a win over Miranda Maverick that we saw at the weekend yeah. as well, just gone. Um, and, uh, you know, she's 23 years old. I suppose the big question is, I think from on paper, technically speaking, Erin is maybe the better fighter. But if Molly can really put together a game plan where she is making it a brawl, making it ugly, doing what Molly does best, where she's that such a fan-friendly fighter, where she's just that whole thing of, thing of like that people talk about of having the dog in you, of just like, you're just going to go, you're going to take one to give one, you're not going to let up, you're just going to be relentless in your, your pressure, your approach. The, the strikes that you're throwing, all that stuff, and just go for it. Maybe Molly can actually do something here, especially if Erin is affected by the occasion. Because Erin, as I said, 23 years old, this is the biggest fight of her career as well against someone that's a bit of a star. She's not fought someone that's a star before, and she's not fought someone uh, uh, like that at, 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 in a pay-per-view with this many eyes on it. And also... Erin Blanchfield is from New Jersey. This fight is in Madison Square Garden. She'll probably have a lot of support. And sometimes fighters do really well with that. But as we've seen with someone like Derek Lewis, some fighters really don't do well with that. With some fighters, home fights are distracting. They add too much pressure. And we don't know how Erin's going to be in this. And also, also, that New York crowd, as much as there'll be a lot of people from Jersey cheering on Erin Blanchfield, Molly will get a lot of love as well. When Molly walks into any arena, if Molly walks into any room, people love Molly McCann. Yep. You know, and I think like it may well be in Erin's back garden, but when Molly walks in, 
to in, into the the, the the arena, it's gonna light up. Just yeah. looking down that that card, um, and if I'm I'm looking at the card as how it's gonna pan out on the night in the running order, Molly's the first superstar walking into that arena on that night, yeah. and I think the place is gonna light up. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be and interesting. I think it. And I think it will be too much for for uh, Aaron Blanchfield. I know that that is a, a, a sizable reach, and you've you've touched on it before. Molly's got that fantastic kind of boxing where she can come in low and come up and like. And we've seen, you know, I'm not saying it's her signature move, but that spinning elbows that she's got, they're no joke. They're no know? joke. And 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 if you're going to try and sort of make up that distance, do it like that, and look look what happens. It gets results. I I, I think. I think Molly's obviously in a really good place right now, and and I think seeing an interview with her the other day saying that you know she's she's at the best camp she's at she's training so well at the moment, you know everything that's happening uh, in, in in that gym in Liverpool right now that place is on fire, and I think you know it's, it's showing some incredible results. Will Paddy be cage side? I don't know. Will he be? In I would her hope corner? so. Like, I would hope. I would um, hope he is. I th- I think them yeah. two together, they just seem to have something. And I think Molly's alluded to this in the past that like when Paddy's there with her, it just does something. It adds something um, to 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 the fight week, to the the day of the fight, to 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 you know walking out and preparing for the fight itself. The the energy that they seem to be able to give each other in those important moments in the lead up to a fight, I think is really special. And I, I really hope Paddy is there for her. And I'm sure he will be. Um, and that'll get even more buzz. Imagine if Paddy's in the corner and they see that blonde Barnet walking out in MSG supporting Molly McCann. They'll erupt with that as well. So that'll be, again, will that be confusing for Erin? She's the home fighter. And will Molly get a bigger cheer than her? These are all factors. We won't know until the fight how, how much of that will happen, whether Molly would get booed because she, she is fighting someone from New York. Um, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see. I like when Molly McCann's up against it. You know, when we saw in that fight, uh, you know, was it three or maybe two or three fights ago where it was shit or bust? It was like, yeah. you lose this, you're probably going to get cut. That's when you see like Molly McCann excel yeah. when like she knows her back's against the wall and she's got to pull it out of the bag. Like you say, this is arguably on paper the biggest test of her career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Madison Square fucking garden, them places are made for people like Molly McCann. Uh, I yeah. think we're going to see something really special. I think we're going to see Molly McCann stop her. I think Erin Blanchfield, hometown fighter, is going to be absolutely overwhelmed with everything that's going on there. Uh, and I think she's going to probably have never faced pressure like what Molly McCann does, that constant front foot, never taking a backward step, just literally moving forwards, moving forwards. Um, Molly's strong. Molly's a yep. really strong fighter as well. Um, yeah, Molly McCann, I think she, she, she stops her in the second round. Yeah, well, I hope so. I really want to see Molly win this fight. And if she does win this fight, give her a number one contender fight. Give her someone in the top five that she can then just go, boom, then she, she's fighting for the belt because you don't get stars very often like like Molly McCann. Um, so I I think, yeah, just, just shoot her to the moon. One fight away from a title shot if she wins this one, as far as I'm concerned. If Blanchfield wins it, I mean... As you say, 23-year-old dealing with that kind of pressure against a star like Molly, all that stuff. I think that shows that she could be kind of 
put on the rocket as well and, and shut up there. So obviously we are biased. We're totally rooting for Molly. We want Molly to win this. It is a really tough fight, but fingers crossed Molly does it. Do we yeah, need an official prediction or do we both just say meatball? All day long. Always about the meatball, mate. Always about the meatball. Um, right, where do we go next? Edgar Gutierrez is probably Frankie Edgar's retirement fight. Do we want to have a little bit of he's, that? He's, I mean, is this the fight that we wanted to see Frankie Bell out on? Absolutely like, not, no. Me, like, it would have been a nice little kind of veterans, you know, all-star fight. Um, Dom Cruz was the fight. Yeah, that, that was the fight to make. They didn't do it. Dom Cruz fought Cheeto Vera, got knocked out. So he needs time off. Uh, probably the second best option might have been Cub Swanson or something yeah. like that. But I mean, Cub's just been stopped as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dom Cruz Cruz was the one. Dominic Cruz was the fight to make and they haven't done it, which is annoying because like Chris Gutierrez looks really good, like really good fighter. But is anyone going to be like, no one, if Chris Gutierrez wins, no one's going to say, oh, wow, you beat Frankie Edgar. They're going to be like, oh, well, Frankie's maybe a bit washed up as his retirement fight. And if Frankie Edgar beats Chris Gutierrez, they go, Oh, well done. You retired. You got a win on your last fight. Who was it against? Who? Who? Chris, who? Chris, oh, okay. Yeah, well done, Frankie. Like, that's, that's it. Like, it's not, it's, it, it should have been Dom Cruz. It should have been a bigger name and it should have been something that had more kind of like pomp and ceremony about it. It's Frankie fucking Edgar. It, I mean, look at his Edgar. resume. He's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but Dominic Cruz ain't on it. And like, and, and I do think that, I wonder how much Frankie was like, I just want to fight. Just give me this fight on this card. In New York. Because like, he's a New Yorker. He wants to fight of in New course. York, of course. And, like, and so that's what makes me think he's pushed for that. Um, because it's not a fight that anyone really wants to see. And I mean that with a great respect. Huge fucking Frankie Edgar fan. But you'd want to see a fighter of 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 his stature finish with you know, that, that kind of like superstar veterans fight. That's what you want. Because, yeah. what I mean, how much is left for, for Dom Cruz as well? And and it's like, that's the fight. Just let that happen. Uh, like you mentioned Cub Swanson. Like, I'm down with that as well. But this fight for me, it, it just seems like, I know it would be nice to, to see the, you know, him get a win and put his gloves down, you know, in Madison Square Garden and walk out of there, you know, the, the people's champ. But... I just don't really think it's a particularly exciting fight, and and I and I think we could have just had something that would have been got everyone talking. If that would have been Dom Cruz, uh, other side of the uh, the octagon, I think we would have all been getting so hyped for it. And I think this oh. could be like a bit of a a muted farewell for uh, a, a legend. Maybe he gets the win, and maybe then they do make that fight happen. I don't know. No, I don't I, know where Frankie Edgar is on his contract. Done. I think I think after this, he's done. I think he's going to. I think he's sort of alluded to it. It's, an, it's at Madison Square Garden. He's a New York boy. I, 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 I think this is him done. Um, I mean, just to, if, if you are kind of relatively new to the MMA and UFC scene, just to put into perspective for you, like Frankie Edgar, I mean, just running down the list of wins and losses. Like, you look at the wins, he's got like Jim Miller, Gray Maynard, BJ Penn, Charles Oliveira, Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendes, Jeremy Stevens. Yair Rodriguez, Pedro Munoz. 
That is go watch them. Go, go watch the Gray Maynard fight. Go watch the Gray Maynard fight. But he's fought a light, lightweight, featherweight, and bantamweight. Most of his wins were at weight classes that he was too small for. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you about Gray Maynard, but I'm getting excited about Frankie. No, and, uh, no, 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 um, no. Just, just go, go watch them fights. Yeah, like, I mean, um, yeah. And a, a, absolute legend. Losses as well. Losses to the likes of only the best. Like Cheeto Vera, who's staring down the barrel of a title shot. Corey Sandhagen's fought for a belt. Korean Zombies fought for a belt. Max Holloway, one of the goats of the featherweight division. Uh, Brian Ortega. Jose Aldo probably is the goat of the featherweight division. Maybe Volkanovski. But there's, no, ba- was- there's no bad losses on, on his record. No bad losses just- at all. As we were just talking about them, them the, the, the good fights that he won before you spoiled it, um, I was like, oh, that's incredible. And now all I can picture is Corey Sandhagen. Oh, oh my fucking life. Well, it's <laughs> that's the, fucking horrible. That and Cheeto Vera, the Cheeto Vera yeah, front yeah. kick as well. I mean, that's it. I mean, look, I don't want to be rude to Chris Gutierrez. Chris is unbeaten in seven UFC fights. He's had one draw. Uh... Never fought anyone the level of Frankie Edgar, but a win puts him in the top 15. He's got wins at featherweight and at bantamweight. Um, he'll have a big reach advantage, I think, and he's got better striking than Frankie. It's just whether or not Frankie can maybe get him to the ground and uh, and do what Frankie does best with his with his wrestling and, and all that kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, when you look back at that Chito Vera fight, yes, it ended in that horrific front kick, but Frankie Edgar won that first round and he did it by taking him down and doing what Frankie does best. So, um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll see what happens there. If I'm doing an official prediction with a heavy heart, I'm saying Chris Gutierrez. Uh, I think, I think the moment is going to be too sweet uh, at Madison Square Garden to not, and I I go Frankie Edgar uh, decision. Well, that would be nice. That would that would be the fairy tale ending. If he wins yeah. a fight by decision, so that puts his gloves down in the octagon, goes New York. Thanks very much, and the crowd erupts. That would be yeah. wonderful. I just I don't know if we live in that oh, world. You have, to, you have to spoil it, don't you? Sorry, mate. I'm just a pessimist. I mean, I've also realised we've been going for about an hour, and we've still got quite a few fights to quickly talk well, you, about. Yeah, you want to um, you want to talk about? I mean, I know if we played snog marry avoid with this with this next guy Danuka, <laughs> I'd oh, snog mate, him. Kissy, I'd kissy, marry kissy. him. <laughs> Snog him, marry him, everything else. Oh, Dan. I do love Dan. I worry about this fight for Dan, though. I mean, this is another... Oh, okay. I mean, this is similarly to the Frankie Edgar fight. You've got a guy in Claudio uh, Pruez who is um, looking at... If he wins this fight, it's the biggest fight of his career against the toughest opponent of his career. And if he wins it, he's cemented into the top 15 of the lightweight division. Um, and this sort of highlights where Dan's at now. You know, he's had a few losses. Things haven't been great for Dan of late. Um, and the UFC are booking him like a gatekeeper to the top 15 now. Let's look at who his losses are, though. Poirier, Chandler, Makachev, Arnold Allen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. No, not at all. But that's what I'm saying. But that's why this fight's really important. This fight is against an unranked Claudio Puez who has, you know, looked very, very good. He's fantastic on the ground. He's probably going to have the speed advantage in this fight as well. Dan's got better striking, but Puez has got good striking, and I think he'll be faster. And that might become a a factor in this. But 
If it goes to the ground, Dan is in big, big trouble. Puez has got nasty jujitsu. He's got those, like a couple of knee bar finishes, I think. Yeah, one of them over, over Clay Guida. Yeah, I mean, and Clay's so experienced. Like yeah, exactly. you don't do that to Clay Guida unless you're really, really good. Yeah. Um, so I think Dan is in trouble if this goes to the ground. So he's got to keep it on the feet. He's got three knee bar decisions, four knee bar decisions, finishes. Yeah, finishes. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Dan's got to keep this standing, uh, I, I think. But the other thing is, where's Dan's chin at? I mean, he's had some wars with the likes of Felder, Poirier, then got knocked out by Chandler, and then got finished by Arnold Allen. Where's his chin at? That's a lot of damage to take on your chin. And you just think, can, can you go the full distance now with someone that might land a few heavy head kicks? Or something like like. Claudio can. Uh, I just don't know. And that's, I, I really do. I, I worry for Alan because I think he will be slower. I don't know where his chin's at Hooker. nowadays. Yeah, Dan, sorry. Yeah, what did I say? Alan. Sorry, yeah. Uh, sorry, Hooker. Um, I worry about him because I don't know where his chin's at. I do think he's going to be slower in the striking exchanges, although he's a better striker. And if it goes to the ground, he's in all worlds of problems. There's no safe area for Dan here, I don't think. So, but don't you don't you love Dan Hooker? He doesn't shy away from anything, no. does he? He's game as fuck, and like, yeah, and and, and he's a you know a, a, an absolute you know killer. You know when you've got wins over uh, like Felder and Iquinter and things like that, he's he's no joke, Dan Hooker. And uh, and I, I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be a fight where we're going to see a little a little sort of turn of the tides, and we're going to see Dan Hooker start to uh, get a bit of momentum again. Now, Camp must be good, you know. If you've got Izzy there, you've got Volk there. You know, it's a good place to be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and also... I'm, I'm, I'm going to go hooker. Yeah, um, I... Look, I, it's one of those ones where you're going to get questions answered either way. If Puez wins, then you say, well, Dan's probably now just a gatekeeper to the top 15 and that's it. And Puez can really go on and like, let's see how good this kid really is. If Dan wins, then you know Puez is, is you know, he's got some work to do before he can be considered a ranked guy. And Dan cemented himself. Is he definitely a top 15 guy? Let's see if he can make himself a top 10 again and all that kind of stuff. So questions will be answered in this fight. Another fight involving uh, uh, one of those guys from, from uh, around the uh, Australasian area um, is Brad Riddell. This is a great fight. This is a phenomenal fight, an absolute banger. If Poirier and Chandler don't win fight of the night, it's because this wins fight of the night. This could yeah. be a really phenomenal fight. Um, Brad Riddell's had a really tough year. He was on a four-fight win streak. Then he ran into uh, Raphael Fazeev and Jalen Turner, both of who people are really high on, really, really good fighters. So no shame in losing those fights. But if you're looking at a third loss, things start getting very, very dicey up there with the UFC and things could go badly for him. Moicano's a fighter that's been around a, a really to- uh, long time and, is good, but never quite been like a, a top five guy or, or, or anything like that. But you look at his resume, he'd like, he's only lost to, to top fighters, I think. He's like, like Korean Zombie, Jose Aldo, Brian Ortega, Rafael Fiziev, and, and, and then he had a short notice catchweight fight against RDA. There is only five losses. There's not one fighter in that five that and isn't a straight really, up killers. They're, they're all phenomenal. As I said, Zombie, Aldo, Ortega, Fiziev, and then RDA, former champion and upper a catchweight. Uh, and he took that fight on short notice. So, yeah, Moicano is no joke. 
And his last four wins have all been by rear naked choke. And his uh, all the um, his last three losses all finishes due to strikes. So it makes me think this fight isn't going a distance. Either Riddell finishes him with strikes or he finishes Riddell with a submission, likelihood a rear naked choke. So I think we're looking at a finish in this fight. Who are you going for? Uh, I think I think we're going to see uh, uh, a, a, an interesting night uh, for City Kickboxing. So I'm going to go Brad Riddell. Oh, I'm leaning my Carno. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you want to touch on Ryan Spann and uh, Dominic Reyes? I think we have to. Again, I know we've run well over the hour here. Sorry, guys, but Dominic Reyes coming back is big news. He's a big fight. I mean. What a fall from grace. I mean, he's had 18 months off now after that brutal KO, spinning elbow KO from Yuri Prahashka. Um That was so the, awful. The sto- it was ter- horrendous. But the, the, the storyline going into this fight is where is Dom Reyes at? Where is he at? Because he was undefeated going into the John Jones fight. Then he puts on a fight that a lot of people thought he won. A lot of people thought mm-hmm. he beat John mm-hmm. Jones. And... A lot of people are citing that fight as the reason John Jones decided, you know what, I don't want to mess around with any of these young, athletic whippersnapper 205ers. Let me pop up to heavyweight now. I mean, obviously, the timing of it hasn't worked out because of Jones's personal issues and other situations going on with Ngannou, Stipe, whatever. But a lot of people have cited the Dom Reyes uh, win that Jones had being so close that that's the reason Jones left 205. That is a real compliment to Dom Reyes. And again, a lot of people thought that Dom won that fight with Jones. But since that fight, he got knocked out by Jan Blachowicz in uh, the vacant uh, light heavyweight title fight. Then he fights Yuri Prohaska and gets knocked out again really, really badly. What a fall from grace from a guy, from a guy that was in the position he was in, undefeated going into the Jones fight. And now, free fight losing streak, he could be on now? Is he already on a free fight losing streak? Or is, it could just, is, he, is he a two fight losing streak now? It's not two. I might be wrong. I think it's only two. So yeah, only two fight losing streak, I guess then. But, um, but yeah, but again, if he loses this fight and Span can crack, then that's a three fight losing streak for Dom Reyes. No, he's not. Yeah, well, technically, he is on a free fight losing streak, isn't he? Already, because the John Jones was a loss, so he's yeah, on a free yeah. he's on a free fight losing streak. That's that's a huge fall from grace. That's got to mess with you mentally. So, where is Dom Reyes gonna be at going into this fight? Um, Spans hit and miss. He's kind of really struggled to get a good run going. He wins one, loses one, wins one, loses one. Um, Skill wise, I think Dominic Reyes is much better than. Ryan Spann. Oh, definitely. But where's Dom Reyes' chin after those two brutal knockouts? And where is he at mentally? They're the big questions. What are your thoughts on Dom Reyes or the fight itself? I think this is the perfect fight for, for Reyes because it's. I don't think he's going in with a, a legit... I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone's a killer at this level of, of mixed martial arts. But... Uh, He's not going in with a you know a, a jury or something like that. He he's you know he's fighting somebody that is that he should on paper beat and beat comfortably. Yeah. Um, he has had a very rapid fall from that performance against Jones, where I thought he won that fight. 
Um, I, I think this is a perfect fight for him, uh, and I think we're going to see uh, uh, a rejuvenated and a confident uh, and a focused Dominic Reyes, and I think we're going to start to see him kind of uh, get back to where he belongs. Well, let's see if that happens. Um, I think that's everything, is it? I mean, there are a few other yeah, fights yeah, in the card, well, but there's not well, much well, to talk so, about. So you saying that, that, that Reyes is going to win? Um, oh, do you know what? I am a bit torn on this one. I will... I'll lean Reyes. I will. I will. I will go with Reyes. I, I hope that his chin's all right and mentally is there. But Reyes, skill for skill, should be better than Span pretty much everywhere. So yeah, I'll go Dominic okay. Reyes. Okay. Right. I think we're we're pretty much there, aren't we? I mean, we there's some other bits and pieces, um, but we're you know, I mean, we've given you plenty to uh, to chew on there. Let us know what your picks are. Um, we're on all the social media platforms. Just let us know. Uh, let's pick the, 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 the top three fights. Just, um, yeah, give us your, your, your three picks for the, 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 the top three fights. We'll uh, have a little look at that, compare them to what me and uh, Blake's calls are. Uh, we'll be back uh, after the event for a post-fight show. In the meantime, uh, give us a follow on the socials. Uh, give us a like, love, share, a retweet. Go check out the back catalogue. We've got uh, a massive back catalogue now of uh, some wonderful guests, a real who's who um, of, of guests. If you're uh, interested in fighters that are on this weekend's card, we've had Molly on twice. Uh, we've had Dan Hooker on. So uh, go give them episodes a listen. You will not be disappointed. Um, enjoy the fights at Madison Square Garden this weekend. We'll see him next time, right? We will see you next time. And hopefully, I don't want to jinx it. Stu's looking at me because I'm going to jinx it. But we might also be having an interview with a very highly ranked light heavyweight contender coming up very, very soon as well. So as Stu says, post-fight show next week after the event. And then hopefully after that, we'll be bringing you a fantastic interview with a very highly ranked light heavyweight UFC fighter. So fingers crossed that all goes well. I've jinxed it, haven't I? You have. I purposely didn't mention that because of that. Oh, I'm being positive. (laughs) Positive Blake's in the house. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.